I've been trying to think about this from every which way for the last six hours. And it doesn't help when it seems like every half hour to 45 minutes to an hour, there's another little piece of news, which is why I'm not sure if you're ever going to hear this because there's a chance whatever we say right now will be rendered so irrelevant that you're, we're going to cut it. But we're going to go on the um, on the assumption that you, you will hear it. Um, I'm just going to say hi, Benji. And uh, we haven't we haven't heard your thoughts on the trade not made. So let's start there. What are what are your what are your thoughts? Yeah, a lot of thoughts. I'm surprised. I think the number one thought, the, the Cleveland news came out of left field. The last report that we heard was that Cleveland was out of the running. Uh, and it kind of just sprung on me. And I always just figured this trade would get done at some point. So, and I've said that multiple times on this podcast and elsewhere. So I was shocked by that. And then my thought was, there's, there was a lot of talk about the Knicks negotiating against themselves and that they can play hardball. And I always said, at some point, when it comes to a player of this caliber, at this age, someone's going to offer a deal, a really good deal. It will happen. And you could say you're negotiating against yourselves for as long as you want to say it, but you're not. It's a 30-team league. There are only 20 players that make a massive difference. And when one of those players comes available at 25 years old, someone is going to get in the game. It will happen. And it did happen. And my next thought was, the Cavs offer is significant. It's a substantial right. offer. It's, it's a really good offer. And it's not that the Knicks could have easily, I mean, they, they had certainly had enough to beat the offer, but it was, a, it was a substantial offer. Even those who are on the higher end of what they would have offered for Donovan Mitchell, this may have been slightly higher or about where you would have ended up. But when it comes to stars in the league that are so valuable, that are so disproportionately valuable in the NBA than any other sport, that you word is so important. I just want to dispro. It's not. You have to throw normal concepts of valuation out the window when you talk about. And and uh, can we even be more specific? On ball, ball dominant engine primary. There's a half a dozen different words we could use for this specific type of animal. That there's only how many in the league at any given time that can do all of the things. And he's one of what, uh, 10, 12, 50, whatever your number is. Yeah. And, That's and specific thing. Exactly. And, and you're going to play it. You're going to pay a premium in the end. And I think, it, you know, I understand the position that says that it was too much to give up. I disagree with that position. Now seeing the actual offer that got it done. And additionally, and this is important. And I think it's getting missed in the analysis. I don't think it's the case that had the Knicks agreed to a third unprotected pick a month ago or two months ago that they would have had to match this offer because at that point they really were negotiating against themselves. It was them and it might not have been anybody else. The Cavs were not actively engaged in talks with Utah. Maybe Utah goes back to Cleveland after they get what they want from the Knicks and try to get something better, but you don't even know. So to frame it as should the Knicks have beat this specific Cavs offer, I don't think is the correct question. 
What was the best offer the Knicks could, or I should say the worst offer, the least the Knicks could have given to get this deal done at a time when they were in the best position to negotiate? I think they waited. I think it cost them. I would have done the deal. I understand the position that this was a lot to give up. I disagree with that position. And ultimately, everything could go right for the next five years. The Knicks could make every correct decision for the next five years and not get a player as impactful as Donovan Mitchell. Uh, and, and certainly not at 25 years old. And we talk a lot about the young guys. Some of our young guys, quote unquote, are like two years younger than Donovan Mitchell. So I am disappointed. And I'm also disappointed because, and this is the last thing I'll say, sorry, it's a bit of no, a- I, I, I wanted to hear this. The last thing I'll say is, just from a perspective of, and this is outside the market, outside of a reasonable analysis, which I try to stick to very closely, Donovan Mitchell would have lit up Madison Square Garden in a way that I'm not even sure anybody as an individual ever has before. And I understand how great Patrick Ewing was and how great Bernard King was and how great Clyde Frazier was. I understand as an athlete, this guy is so unique and so special. And I've watched so much film of him in the last two months. The change of direction, the, the pure athleticism, the flair, he is special. And I really wanted to watch that guy play in Madison Square Garden. And we now will not get to, at least for the foreseeable future. And that's a bit of a shame. Um, so, yeah, those are all of my thoughts. It's early and we will still get to see what offers actually were out there. What did the Knicks actually offer? I don't think that necessarily affects anything that I just said, but it is important to figure out well, and understand. I, you know, it's it, I'm happy you said that. And actually, now that I'm hearing you talk out loud and hearing thinking about what I'm going to say in response, I don't think this anything could come out that could get this cut because. And this and, and this maybe is not directly related to what you said, but it, it just you, something you said did, did make me think this. And it's something that has been kind of whirling around in the back of my head for the last couple hours is. Was it that the Knicks in in it in their attempt to not negotiate? And I don't know if this is going to make any sense. I'm going to just say it out loud and then see if it makes sense in their attempt to not negotiate it against themselves. Were they actually negotiating against? the notion that they were going to lose the trade. Like, was there this, was that not negotiating against that, but was there this thing in their minds where it's like, this is Danny Ainge and we're the fucking Knicks. And we know what everybody's going to say. We're desperate for this guy. We need him. We need him desperately. We're not going to be done like that which is essentially the tenor of the large majority of the fan base on Twitter over the last few months. It's like, we're not going to be pushed around. We're not going to, you know, we have Leon here. Leon is, he's in charge. And so thank God for Leon, the whole thing. And I wonder if that fear slash sentiment overshadowed the plain and simple facts of what you just said, which is that, they are missing out on a, a player who is a very special and unique sort of talent that they do not have and maybe have never had. Um, that's the one thought I have. And the other, the other part of it is, and this is the part that I'm, I'm interested to get your take on, and then we'll do our, our little draft. Um, 
they drew the line eventually at R.J. Barrett, which is to say they they got to a certain point in negotiations and then they decided for reasons that I have my theories on, everybody has their theories on, but that, that are still not completely clear. Um, they decided we've gone down, we've gone for, far enough down that road that we don't like where it's going to end up. We're now taking him off the table. Okay. You did that after you put RJ Barrett into, and again, the, the Woj tweet that just came out an hour or two or, or so ago that I, I still can't quite wrap my head around about that. They offered RJ and Mitch and OB and three unprotected picks back in July. Not quite sure what to make of that, but let's just focus on the RJ part of it. They clearly offered RJ Barrett. They were, they were comfortable, quite comfortable, in fact, because they offered RJ and two unprotected picks with giving RJ to Utah and getting Donovan Mitchell back and being out of the RJ Barrett business, right? Plus some unprotected picks. Now, and and we talked about it for hours earlier today. There was that Utah wanted an additional pick. Utah wanted an additional young player. It's like, and I I'm just starting to wonder. Like again, they got. I, it almost feels to me as if like putting Barrett and multiple unprotecteds on the table that they got over the biggest hurdle. And then when they got to, I don't know if you want to call it the five yard line, the 10 yard line, the 20 yard line, whatever, some yard line that was fairly close to the, to the, the end zone here, if we're sticking with this analogy, that is when, and I'm sure Ainge asked for more. And I'm sure Ainge was, as I put, somebody said to me, being a pig and like the whole thing, he wanted to extract as much as possible, which by the way, I get it because of the guy he was trading and he knew he could do it. It's his um, job. It's just, it's literally his job. <laughs> what he's paid to do. It's arguably what he's done as, as well as anyone um, in the business over the last 20 years. So, and I guess that maybe that is, I'm essentially repeating the, the first point that I made, which is that were the Knicks so worried about like, no, 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 no. We're not, we're not going to go, we'll go over. We're not going over and above if that makes any sense. And that part of it, especially now that everybody knows they offered RJ Barrett, and stuff, and we're like apparently eminently comfortable with that. Um, something about all of that rubs me the wrong way when you're when you think about what the ultimate end game here should have been, which was not what people would say about whether or not you won or lost the trade. I, I, this will be the last thing I'll say, and then I'll turn it back to you and then we'll do the Jeff. I was listening to Chris Herring on with Jake Fisher the other day on, um, talking about this and Herring, you could tell was not fully on board with them trading for Donovan Mitchell. I think he has some more significant questions than you do. Um, maybe about the defensive fit in particular with Brunson, the whole thing, whatever. And yet he still said, ultimately, if you're the Knicks, it comes down to like, do you think this is the guy? Like, do you think this is the guy? And once you put RJ Barrett and multiple unprotected picks on the table, um, and apparently at least Emmanuel quickly, as it was reported, um, you know, as the final offer, like you got to think he's right. You got to think he's the guy if you're going to put that much on the table. So then to not go the extra bit, I'm not saying it was the wrong move, but again, there is something about it that is just rubbing me the the wrong way that yeah. I, I hope that makes sense. It definitely makes sense. Um and it's a line drawing question. And I, I respect and understand the position that the front office ultimately took. 
I understand that. And, and I know Jeremy talks about this a lot, that he was the first star in the door and it would be an unprecedented haul to get the first star in the door. The team is still far away from contention, even with Donovan Mitchell. Um, potentially a play-in team with Donovan Mitchell? Probably. Uh, that's what I think. Um, maybe some would be higher. I, I don't I don't see that's a good Eastern Conference. And, uh, you know, Donovan Mitchell with, um, you know, suspect offensive personnel around him and, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not. And, and Brunson with that awkward fit. Like, I don't know how good that team even is. I, I, and I even respect the, 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 the idea that the Knicks are trying to reconstruct a reputation as a For sure. organization that's not going to get pushed around and is going to dictate terms. And I, I respect all of that. And I don't walk away from this, like hopeless about the approach or the future at all. No. Um, I I just wonder whether people are overestimating how often this kind of opportunity comes around and who that star is that would fit with the timeline as well as Donovan Mitchell did and who wants to be in New York and all the things that were pluses about Donovan Mitchell. Like the next star might be, 33, 34 years old with injury problems. Like you just don't know who you could say there's going to be another disgruntled star, but who is that star and what's the fit? And, I, and you know, I, I think there will be another star and I think the odds are it'll be another star. That's whether I don't know if he's going to be 20 going into his age, 26 season. Maybe he's going into his age, 27 season. Maybe he's going to his age, 28 season. And that's what I said today. Ultimately the thing that's going to get me to bed at night, because I worry about this shit entirely too much is that hopefully the young players that are here and Brunson develop to the point where you're no longer talking about needing two guys. You're just talking about needing the right one guy. And maybe all of this goes well enough that maybe just the right number one guy added to it is enough. But there's a lot of ifs that have to yeah. go right for and that. Know. And for as much as we could sit here and be like, well, if they had traded X, Y, and Z for Donovan Mitchell, how are you going to? Well, yeah, there's ifs there too. But the difference between the first set of ifs and the second set of ifs is one set of ifs, ifs has Donovan Mitchell on the team and the other set of ifs does not have Donovan, Donovan Mitchell Mitchell's, on the team. Donovan Mitchell's a relative certainty. I'm not saying he's a finished product. There are things that he can work on. Here's what I know. He's going to be a great offensive player for the next many, many years. He's going to... There's a very high floor to your offense with Donovan Mitchell running it. He's that good. And like, that's a certainty that is so valuable in the yeah. league. And that's kind of where I struggle with this, but of course, I, you know, it doesn't, that's not to say that my offer would have been unlimited. And, and like, at some point you do draw a line and that's need where to be. that, yeah, right. I agree. And that's, but that's where all the reporting is going to come out now. And it will be interesting to see, but I also have a feeling we're never going to know because there have already been about five different reports as to what I, the next final offer was. And I don't know who to trust on it. And uh, I still think that, it was it was the timing definitely played a factor here and the way the Knicks kind of waited it out, I, I don't think was to their benefit if they wanted Donovan Mitchell in the end. And um yeah, so I, I and I did. I really wanted to see him on the team. I, so you, here we I, are. You know I was right there with you. 